Hello and welcome to the first episode of the year. This is Roundup number 138. I'm Roshan Karyapa. And I'm Gunjan Saha. And together we break down the biggest highlights from India's growing startup ecosystem. Uh, for the first episode of 2024, we of course will take a look back into the state of startups in 2023. And the next we try to understand why the $20 billion deal between Adobe and Figma failed to close. These are two industry giants. They were on the brink of collaboration that could have potentially revolutionized the creative landscape, but somehow it went sour. Then we explored the government's plans to amend the IT Act and introduce new rules for AI and generative AI. And we also take a look at India's LLM race and see what's in store for 2024. We'll also recap how we use the internet in 2023. And I don't know if you know, but Indians downloaded over 26 billion mobile apps in last year. Hmm. Wait, 26 billion apps. 26 billion mobile apps. Wow. Um, so let's get started. But before we jump into these topics, uh, well, if you're a returning listener, uh, please consider liking this episode and sharing it with your other friends. And if you're a new listener tuning into this channel, we talk a lot about startups. We talk to investors, founders, and other operators. So make sure you subscribe for regular updates. Roshan, kicking off the first episode of 2024, um, what were your biggest highlights of 2023? Well, first of all, I'm excited to be talking to you folks again. I mean, of course, I'm looking at a camera and I'm looking at Gunjan's face and the producer here. But uh, it's funny how uh, the producer is just the producer, right? <laughs> There's a certain enigma attached to that. Yeah. But 2023 was uh, a fantastic year, I should say, right? I mean, a lot of learnings coming out of it. Uh, to me, I think two or three themes. First is the whole push to profitability. Uh, obviously, we were coming off of the zero interest era uh, and uh, 2023 kind of made that real, uh, right? So whether it was private companies, public companies, etc., uh, there was a greater focus on profitability and, and startups did remarkably well, you know, uh, rather than hear of, you know, fundraisers and uh, ESOP buybacks and whatnot. I mean, it was it was a good change to hear about, you know, people uh, being EBITDA positive, having positive uh, contribution margins, et cetera, et cetera, right? I mean, these were new terms that we were introduced yeah. to. Uh, particularly, I mean, if you look at some of the, uh, you know, uh, public companies, right? I mean, whose stock had taken a battering, whether it's Nike, Zomato, uh, Paytm, et cetera. I mean, all of them had tried to uh, innovate in 2023 to to get better, right? I mean, to adjust to that quarter, say quarter thuck mentality, which is not that easy, uh, you know, for a startup, right? Because startups, you know, move fast, break things, think long term, uh, and all of those things. I mean, it's it's that whole juxtaposition of you know being nimble like a startup and being reliable and sustainable like a public company. Uh, I think 2023 was a a big learning for some of these startups uh, that way, right? And and things f flowed top down, I should say. Uh, and so, you know, whoever you talk to, whether it is uh, founders of, you know, seed stage companies or growth stage companies, everyone had the P word, you know, ready on their lips, uh, you know, at, at all given times. The other theme for me emerging from 2023 was the focus on deep tech and AI. You know, we had uh, folks like Kaushik Mudda of Ethereal Machines, uh, which, you know, you guys know, I mean, uh, was a super hit podcast for us, uh, right? And uh, a few others as well. Uh, prove that, you know, India is ready to make the leap from software to hardware and beyond, right? Yeah. Uh, so so that was fantastic. And, and, you know, we will have to get more fundamental innovation 
um right and and really i mean i, I hope that 2024 is the is a year we talk about science and r&d and you know uh, innovation at the chip level uh, perhaps right uh, llms are a, are a start right i mean at least the right direction i would say uh, so so that was heartening you know and there's capital flowing into these neglected uh, areas previously neglected areas as well uh, right so so overall i think those were the two very big themes um, i should say and uh, you know aside from all of the gloom and doom of the markets elsewhere uh, you look at you know you look at how nifty and sensex have performed i mean we're at all time highs <laughs> yeah. uh, right so much so that i'm wondering you know if you know if I, if i really have to stop some of the sips and and what not right i mean it's a yeah it's it's an interesting time i would say and you know 2024 obviously will be a continuation of some of these things uh, but you know we have a bunch of uh, variables right we have the indian elections the us elections probably half a dozen other com- countries that are going into uh, election mode this year uh, right and and all policy is downstream from from politics uh, so we don't know you know how uh, some of the economics of startups and vc and uh, investing will change so yeah a lot to look forward to in 2024 and i hope you know it's kind to all of us <laughs> yeah well this has been a good year for us as well right i mean when we started 2023 we got this swanky new studio yeah uh, we did our first um, you know startup operator on the road we did our first startup operator live event and i'm just excited for what's more to come in 2024 a lot more of these and I think what I'm most excited about is to, you know, interact with founders from tier two, tier three cities. We had many of them in the podcast yeah. last year, and hopefully we'll have many, many more in this this year as well. Yeah. How many episodes do you think we put out last year? Uh, I think definitely around seventy-five. Seventy-five. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you. And how many days? Per, I mean, how many episode per days so is that? Feels like my math exam, <laughs> man. <laughs> but wait, seventy-five, three sixty-five. Around All right, five, we'll be we'll five, be back no, no, after a short around, break. It's around <laughs> five uh, days for one episode, which is not bad. Well, it's certainly better than uh, you know. I would say ninety-five, ninety-seven percent of the podcasters out there. Mm. So yeah, we got that. <laughs> okay, let's look at twenty twenty-three in terms of some numbers. Indian startups uh, till date have raised a total of one forty-six billion dollars in funding, and we have one hundred and twelve total unicorns in the ecosystem. India is now the second largest startup ecosystem globally, second only to the US. Of course, there were challenges last year. We saw around 35,000 layoffs and the shutdown of 17 startups that raised a total funding of $214 million. But despite these challenges, companies like Grow, Fractal, Indify, and Cartrade performed really well. Hmm. The total funding in 2023 was $9 billion, which was a 35% decline year on year. Uh, but the startup ecosystem still remains resilient. We have a lot of learnings and, of course, a lot of more potential for the Indian entrepreneurial community. Yeah. See, I mean, just in continuation of the third point I made on market exuberance in India, right? I mean, that extends beyond the market itself. I think there's a certain optimism in India that we sort of take for granted. Uh, it's not the same outside, right? Mm. Uh, you know, there's this guy, Josh Wolf, who's a VC at Lux Capital, um, who's just visited India, right? I mean, incidentally, like two, three others have visited India during these holiday seasons, uh, season. And, uh, you know, you should look at his timeline. Uh, the things that we take for granted are the things that most surprise uh, foreigners, right? Mm. Um, and there's a sense of optimism here that uh, is not common elsewhere, 
And, you know, I've had people, a lot of people visiting as well. In, in, in fact, one of our guests, uh, Shruti Gandhi as well, right, uh, from RAVC. I mean, she visited India and she had a lot of nice things to say about, you know, infrastructure and general startup scene and so on, right? So so that, I think, is uh, is something for, all, for us to be, you know, um, really kicked about, I think. Yeah. Well, even Dua Lipa spent her New Year's in India, so... <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the Adobe Figma deal. Adobe had attempted to acquire Figma for approximately $20 billion, but this deal was blocked by the European Commission and the Competition and Market Authority. These are the regulatory authorities of the UK and EU respectively. Adobe XD, which is the product that most closely resembles Figma, it is internally considered to be a failed product. And uh, from what the general counsel had to say is that there's absolutely no overlap between the customers of the two products. Regulators have been very focused on the newer doctrines of antitrust law. They say that the future competition is a critical part of the antitrust analysis. The only way to solve a future competition issue is not to do the deal. And that is essentially what the regulators were telling them. Now, uh, Roshan, in your opening comments, you mentioned that ki, yeah, these, this was always doomed to fail. Mm. Uh, why did you say that? Uh, look, um... Before that, right, I mean, Adobe has struggled forever to make the transition from app to internet, right? Uh, and uh, all, not just that, I mean, basis that, you know, from being like a single player only to, you know, a more collaborative approach. And many different folks have tried to, you know, solve this, whether it is Omni or Sketch and, and plenty of others, right? But uh, Figma has just really run away with that market, right? I mean, they're clocking 700 plus million dollars ARR which is an insane amount of money, uh, right? And and probably what, in the last four or five years? That's about it. Uh, this was doomed to fail because obviously this would, you know, get in the uh, get in the eyes of, you know, all of these, whether it's the Federal Trade Commission or whether it is, uh, you know, some of these European regulators and so on and so forth. Because this was actually, I mean, I think it's way higher than 20 billion, right? Because the Adobe stock jumped after this news. And considering that it was, you know, part cash and part stock, I mean, it is way more than 20 billion itself. Mm. Um, so it it will have a certain chilling effect on startups, I would say. Less so for Indian startups uh, in, in that sense, because, I mean, again, 20, 25 billion, 30 billion, we've not had those kind of exits in India, right? I mean, the highest has been about, you know, 16 billion for Flipkart, okay. um, right? And, and that has been an outlier, Right. I mean, we, we haven't had anything even remotely close over the last you know 20 years of startup activity in India. So it will have a chilling effect in the sense that, look, I mean, if you think about exit options for startups, uh, what are they? They're either, you know, they can go public or they can you know, have some kind of m and through uh, these sort of deals. Right. Now, if you rule out deals at a certain level, let's say, you know, 20 billion. Right. But is it 20 billion or is it 15 billion? Now, is it 15 billion or is it 12 billion? We don't know, right? We really don't know. Uh, so the the ceiling hasn't been defined in that sense, right? So a lot of these larger M&A deals have come under scrutiny. Uh, and this Adobe deal, Adobe and Figma deal was just one. I mean, there were others as well around the same time, two, three others. I mean, I'm not able to recollect. Um, and all of it is bound to have an impact, more so in the US, I would say, uh, right, than here. Uh, so luckily for Figma, they had some kind of a breakup fee baked into this entire arrangement in the sense that, I mean, if the MA didn't happen, they would uh, get a billion dollars and likely they will get that, right? 
uh, I, I mean, of course, it's not as straightforward and it'll go through some sort of, you know, pushback and whatnot. Uh, but for Figma, I mean, they can still list in the markets. They won't get that kind of premium that, you know, Adobe was offering, right? Markets, even for the the best of best companies uh, in the US, I mean, they're trading at, at single digit, high single digits uh, at this point. So that is not the, you know, um, 20, 25x valuation that they were kind of getting uh, with the Adobe deal. So maybe the employees will be a little sadder, <laughs> right? They're a few billion short. But uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, uh, we'll we'll see how this kind of uh, pans out. You know, uh, the FTC with uh, Lina Khan has been fairly active, uh, right? And uh, the European Commission, obviously, you know, I mean, they are they have a uh, they have a real eye for all this sort of antitrust and whatnot. Um, so should be interesting. Yeah, but this would have been an interesting deal, right? Because Adobe designers hate Adobe. Yeah, right? I mean, and, you can ask. So, uh, right? It's yeah, like, I mean, because like, of all the licenses and upgrades and this and that and whatnot, right? I mean, huh? yeah, you can ask the producer, ask the producer as yeah. well, right? I mean, they absolutely hate uh, Adobe, um, but yeah, uh, I mean, they can celebrate, I suppose. <laughs> Moving on to the next topic, the Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology is planning to introduce amendments to the IT Act of 2021. That will require platforms using AI algorithms or large language models to ensure that they're free from any bias. These amendments will prohibit the use of biased datasets and mandate platforms to follow these guidelines. Apart from the safeguards of preventing bias in AI and language models, the IT rules may also bring new uh, regulations to tackle deepfake, synthetic content and explicit instructions for platforms on loan apps, said one of the persons who is aware of this development. Now, a really interesting point that comes up here is that today's large language models have been trained on you know, human generated content, which is available online. Yeah. But now as more and more AI generated content comes, uh, comes up, it's going to start feeding the AI model is going to start feeding itself. Now, I do not know how that will play out in the real life scenario. Yeah, that's a good point that you bring up. I think obviously these models will have to recognize, uh, you know, machine generated data and human generated data for, for starters. Right. Uh, but data becomes so much more important, right? I mean, uh, uh, I don't know if internet as it has existed thus far, where pretty much everyone can scrape any information they want off the web, will you know exist going further, right? Mm -hmm. Because if I'm able to train, you know, a model on let's say Twitter's uh, uh, data, right, which is humongous, right? I mean, they have God knows how many. Uh, pentabytes or whatever, gigaflops, what, what are they called? Whatever amount of data, right? Uh, you know, I mean, my model gets that much more better, right? Uh, and 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 so, I mean, Twitter may say that, you know, they may, they may start charging people for that, actually, that if you have to, like, uh, uh, sort of use my data for, you know, training your LLM, I mean, you might, you might need to pay me a subscription fee or something. Or they may even forbid that kind of a thing, right? I mean... Uh, because each of these folks, I mean, all the large folks are developing their own AI, yeah. right? Uh, Elon has Grok, um, right? Have you tried it out yet? No, I haven't. I mean, it's it's right there calling out yeah. to me on the side panel, but for some <laughs> reason, I mean, I've just, I just been too freaked out to sort of like click and like explore, right? But um, it's it's something to uh, consider, you know? I mean, one is the whole data aspect for sure, right? Mm -hmm. um, who gets to use some of this data and how? Um, and second, this this problem of deepfakes and, and whatnot. I mean, look, right now, everything is fun and games. 
<laughs> right you saw those melody memes yeah. right where modi ji is singing to uh, uh, you know uh, the italian prime minister meloni in multiple different ways and, and yeah we're all laughing at that stuff but um, it can get really serious as well right i mean and it can you know uh, extend beyond all the celebrities to someone you know you know so i think regulation obviously is required but how the hell we're going to manage to sort of define yeah. uh, some of these things is is just beyond me i mean i have no answer to Not that just define but also tackle because there will be you know those people who break the law yeah see some of them, them say that you just have to go back to your first principles and look at you know some of the fundamental free speech laws that uh, you know have uh, uh, been formulated across the world and just hold them to that and some of them say that you know no i mean new newer laws have to evolve and uh, and so on and so forth uh so i don't know i don't really know the answer to this i mean maybe we should get like someone who can talk on ai regulation mm-hmm. on the podcast um and uh, you know really probe them on something like this this is a good topic yeah well also last year when you know sam altman visited india he really downplayed the possibility of india coming up with its own llms um but there's a very um, heated up llm race going on in our country uh, there's krutrim which is a multilingual ai model in 22 indian languages and it outperforms gpt4 in indic languages then we have india's first hindi llm which is built on meta's ai architecture it's called open hathi we have bharat gpt that empowers developers with multilingual virtual assistant in 12 plus uh, languages zoho has built a smaller ai model for specific domain problems there is in this project which is tech mahindra's open source llm uh we discussed the partnership between reliance and nvidia and tata and nvidia to develop foundational llm models and also upskill ai talent in the country and of course we have the likes of bhashini ai for bharat project vani so a lot of exciting things happening within the ai domain within the country yeah and uh, there are multiple reports that claim that india's talent pool is the best suited to take the ai development forward yeah i'm really excited about the second order effects of some of this right i mean which is that people who will use some of these llms to build more practical applications for the likes of you and me mm-hmm. uh and that could be very india specific as well because they are trained on india data sets and uh, um you know uh we're, we're building for indian solutions basically yeah. so so that could be interesting i would say yeah i mean india is what one fourth or one fifth of the entire world's population right so and we also the country with the largest number of languages yeah so it'll be interesting <clears throat> so in 2023 indians downloaded a total of 25.96 billion apps wait on- wait 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 <laughs> how many less than 26 billion is that <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to the math class today 400000 wow all right <laughs> plus 5 marks 40000 <laughs> we'll be back after a short break. <laughs> okay, so um while twi- almost 26 billion dollar 26 billion is a large number, this is still 2 billion less than what we did in 2022. We downloaded 28 billion apps last uh in 2022. Indian app stores earned a total of 415 million dollars collectively, which is a notable increase. Yet India ranks 25th in the global uh, earnings. Google of course retained its position as the most popular app in Google in 2023 accumulating a total of 449 million downloads but while all of these things have been going in the forefront PhonePay last year challenged Google Play Store in India with the announcement of its Indus App Store 
It offers Indian Android developers a fee-free alternative for distribution apps. I think, yeah, this year might just see some sort of traction in that. Yeah, so I'm going to stick my neck out and say this whole uh, Google Play and App Store uh, duopoly will kind of break in the next couple of years, right? I mean, uh, or I think that whole uh, contractual or pricing arrangement uh, will start to like, you know, change, change in more ways than one, right? I mean, you're already seeing that uh, uh, the lawsuit that Epic uh, mm. you know brought against google uh, right and and you know google is right now i mean uh, talking to epic to basically like enter into some sort of a financial arrangement to still be on the play store right mm. and so i mean anyone who has some sort of leverage and clout will start renegotiating with uh, the likes of google and apple if they haven't already right uh, because that whole 30% uh, you know margin is a lot right yeah. i mean even if you take saas saas at you know 60 70% gross margins i mean 30% is significant what about some of the you know other businesses that you know that that make like 30 or 40% gross margin in the first place right i mean it's uh, it's insane you can't run a business uh, on that sort of uh, economics so yeah i think something will definitely give way in the next couple of years uh, i would say my hunch is that in the near term or in the mid term uh, apple and google will start uh, becoming deal makers hmm. interesting to see how this will play out well in a bold move amazon increasing global reliance on ai uttar pradesh has set its sight on constructing india's very first ai city in lucknow the up electronics corporation has released an eoi which is an express of interest seeking proposals for the design development and operation of an ai city they've invited real estate developers to participate and submit proposals for it and for this project the government has already set aside 40 acres of land and has also announced financial incentives including a one time kpex support and 100% stamp duty exemption now lucknow is already a host to centers of excellence specializing in fields such as ai medtech showcasing extensive integrations of ai technologies and the state is also planning to become a 1 trillion dollar state gdp uh, state by uh, in the next 4 to 5 years but how realistic do you think this is this is an ai city well i mean it depends on the amount of money they're going to spend right and and of course i mean see the uh, what, what do you say i mean the the larger significance of this is that focus on ai right i mean if and you know when we have this sort of an ai city or whatever don't expect like robots to be roaming around and serving you chai and what not right but uh, really the larger goal or the objective is to get people to focus on ai you know uh, and to that end i think you know it it could be an interesting move let's see how it uh, sort of plays out well this first ai city in india kind of reminds me of the line or neom that is being built just a trillion dollars short <laughs> yeah. um so yeah Let's talk about the first fundraisers of 2024. Food and beverage chain VR Hospitality raised 10 million dollars from Axis Bank, Gruhas, UC Inclusive Credit, NB Ventures, and Angel Investors. Dairy brand Country Delight raised 20 million dollars from Temasek, Seviora Capital, and Venturi Partners. Captain Fresh raised 13.25 million dollars from Nikanti Seafoods and Shakti Finvest. Wiz Freight raised 11.24 million dollars from SBI Investments, Tiger Global. Nippon Express Fund and Axlor Technologies Fund. So not off to a bad start, but of course we are still not, you know, seeing the sort of stellar fundraiser we saw in 2021, 2022. But again, I don't think that was expected. Yeah, no, I mean it's interesting. Couple of things: Axis Bank, SBI, you know, 
Indian banking represent, right? <laughs> so they're in the game and uh, look at some of these D2C uh, folks, right? Captain Fresh and so on. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this whole food supply chain is uh, up for disruption, I would say, right? This farm to fork model uh, needs innovation for sure, mm. right? I mean, we spoke about this in the episode we did uh, with Mukundan of Stellabs uh, as well that, you know, that 30 or 40% of the food is wasted. Um, and and that entire supply chain ecosystem is uh, something that requires a lot of optimization, you know. Um, yeah, one of the most lucrative businesses in India is to set up a warehouse, actually. Really, you know. So <laughs> Are you opening up uh, warehouses? Not anytime soon, still committed to SaaS, but um, yeah. Yeah, so good. We're off to a good start, I would say. Awesome. So uh, for the talk of the town section, I wanted to pick Jason Lemkin's tweet. He talks about the five best pieces of advice I ever got from my mentors. And, uh, you know, he talks about meeting customers, always recruiting, not letting go of the good ones, finding a great mentor and much more. Roshan, what, do you have anything to add to this? Uh, I love Jason's uh, tweets and blogs and whatnot. I mean, I think he is uh, amazing. He's the granddaddy of SaaS, uh, I would say, right? And... Uh, always has very practical wisdom. Uh, you know that, you know, what he says is weighted by his own personal experience or maybe, I mean, what he's seen in the market. Uh, so, yeah, uh, all those five things he mentions are uh, absolute gold, right? Uh, there's a tendency in difficult times to got to sort of creep into a shell, not talk to anyone and so on. No, you should do the absolute opposite. Go and meet all of your customers, especially the ones who are using your product a lot uh, talk to them, understand from them and be more relevant to them. Uh, don't let the good ones go, which is that, you know, people and roles have to evolve. Uh, make sure that, you know, you care for their careers and so on and so forth. Uh, make them adapt as well. Uh, and plenty of others. I mean, he explains this stuff uh, better than me. Uh, so I would definitely urge you guys to check out Jason's tweet and also check out Saster as well. Uh, I know a lot of you all already know Saster, but uh, yeah, for the three or four people who might not have heard of Saster, I mean, do check out Jason Lemkin and Saster. Uh, they produce amazing, amazing content. This is not a sponsored post. Of course not. <laughs> awesome. So, um, off to a great start in the first week of 2024. Um, hopefully, the year will pick up. Yeah. Right? A lot of new learnings, a lot of new announcements to be made. So, make sure you're following the Startup Operator on your favorite podcast platform and also on social media. If you want these updates to be delivered straight into your WhatsApp inbox, you'll find a link in the description below. So that's it. Uh, we'll be back with more exciting updates next week. Yeah, back to your regular programming. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>